Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. And now Lucas and I sit down with Bill DeBoer of DeBoer's Auto in Hamburg, New Jersey at the Tools Conference 2022. Anyway, I, he shared with me the three, the crazy three and a half, the numbers that he does out of three and a half bays. Right. And I know how you do it. You're evil. How do you do it? How do we do it? We, yeah. we have a really good team in place. I mean. That is such a fluff answer. I'm not going to let you slide on that one. <laughs> I do. It's all the people, man. Well, I it, get it that. All, it's not you doing it by yourself. Right. It's not the point. We like, got a great team. What what happens when you misdiagnose a car? What happens when the part doesn't show up on time? What happens when the bolt breaks? We had that in uh we had a, an expedition sold like five thousand dollars worth of work on this expedition, exhaust manifolds like a whole bunch of work right, and the exhaust manifolds, the bolts they were broken, they came out, and then he bolt he broke a bolt on the starter. And it snapped off because he had to take the starter out and he's clean break. Now he's having to drill in a spot where there's no getting to the drill bit. Like it doesn't fit in there and he's having to finagle away. And that turned into eight hours of finagling away to get this bolt out. I, I know I can answer for me. That is really finding guys who are skilled at dealing with that. I was just going to say the same thing. I got a guy that's... That's what he does. It doesn't happen. (laughs) He'll spend an extra half hour to make sure it doesn't... Yeah. Yeah. What do you... We live in the Rust Belt. You get used to it. Yeah. yeah, You get used to it. You get a feel for it, right? And and you feel what it's doing. You hear it. You saying he smashy bared (laughs) this thing? Mm Mm-hmm. Guarantee it. Your guy? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) well and and you know the other thing is is that like for instance eric you may have met eric i don't know eric was one of my technicians but but you know whereas a lot of guys will spend an hour trying to drill a bolt eric can you usually weld a bead on it with a nut and have it out in 10 to 15 minutes right there's very few bolts we end up actually drilling yeah there's i mean there's plenty of guys out there that do just what you do i mean josh he's our foreman i mean he's one of the best that we've had at that stuff. So, yeah. And if somebody's struggling in the shop, they know to grab them and. Right. Yeah. So they're just used to doing like stupid work like this. It's not stupid. It's. Oh, it's (laughs) stupid. It's ridiculously stupid. Yeah. It's, It's well, obviously it's a great skill, but you know, I don't go, I don't hire. What are you doing? 
making adjustments. What are you doing? <laughs> what kind of adjustments? Good adjustments. I, don't, I feel like it's not. I feel like it's a bad adjustment. <laughs> Just because I'm the one making it? So I need to hire somebody. I need to ask them. Yeah, I don't know. Bolt breaks off in the transmission on the starter. How long is it going to take you to get the sucker out? And if he's like, I'll have it out in 30 minutes, you're hired. Well, Versus. No, he needs a guy that says, uh, I want to break it in the first place. Yeah. Exactly. He's Smashy Bear, that buddy. Yeah. He, I, I mean, I. Smashy Bear. <laughs> we call him Smashy Bear for a reason. <laughs> I mean, and, and the thing is, is that if we're getting. There's been situations in the past i remember I, I think the worst one i've ever had the most embarrassing tech mistake i've ever made personally is i was i had a 60 high pressure oil pump cover off right and i had the pump out and i was taking the i was working in the back and i had taken the no i didn't have the pump out i was taking the the connector off of the back where the branch tubes go down and it's got eight millimeter bolts in it <clears throat> And I pull it up, and I'm like, I got to make sure I hold on to that. And it slipped out of my hand. And so it fell back in the back of the timing cover. So, like, I spend all this time with a magnet, try and find it, look everywhere, can't find it, end up taking the transmission out of this stupid thing, taking the back cover off of it. And then later on, like, I'm talking about six hours later, the transmission's sitting in the floor. I turn around and look and realize the bolt has rolled down against the vent on the top of the transmission. It was never in the back of <laughs> Swear to God, Okay, dude. see, if that yeah. happens way more at my shop <laughs> than I would be comfortable admitting, okay? And I'm saying, like, if you've got six bays or eight bays, that turns into a, okay, like, step away from it, knock out this other car in this extra bay you have. Oh, yeah. In wow. three and a half bays, that's not doing the volume that you're doing. That's not a thing. No. That bay's got to turn. Yeah. So you're dropping and pushing it out. I mean, yeah. So when I, I say we have three and a half bays. But we, you only, that's my point is like you have to drop it and push it out because it has to, you have to get the revenue out. But that takes yeah. 20, 30 minutes to drop it out, you know, get your bolts in order, get things cleaned up, drop it, and then we'll push it out and we got to get another car in the door. But like that eats up your time. And unless you're running extra hours, well, we're building for it too, right? So, like, we're padding yeah. the estimates. I mean, when we're in there and we're doing our write ups, I mean, the guys are adding the labor time for those rust components too. So, we're not losing time when that happens. So, let me ask you this, right? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in the boat of we're getting ready to move in, right? Now, how how big of a shop are you thinking? We're going to be building a three thousand square foot six bay. Okay, on top of the three and a half you have now. Right. So when I say three and a half, there's, you know, we got two twin posts up front. We got the alignment rack in the back that's in front of uh, mid rise. And then we got an outside lift. So those three are impeded and I consider them half bays. Yeah. For use. So, you know, in, in my shop right now, right, we've got two full size bays. They're in completely different places, right? Like one's on the back of the building, one's on the side of the building. They're completely separate. There too, it's like you yeah. got to push up the hill to get to one. It, it's it's funny because like if you ask anybody about it, they're like, "Oh, you got to pull it up and let it roll in." And then like when you show them, they're like, "I, I was telling Brian Walker the other day, I'm like, hey, so what you do is, is you get somebody in the back of the truck and they hook the J hook on that one's 
trailer hitch. And when you go up the hill, when it's snowing, as you hold it to the floor and you spin all the way to the top of the hill. And then when you let all the throttle and you start to slide back down, they reach down and pull the J hook off. That car slides down the hill into the bay. <laughs> and then I come slide. Lucas and I have been telling you about parts tech for a while now. And how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your parts tech account, go to my shop and click on the rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, parts tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using parts tech, which by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using parts tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for parts tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with parts tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like parts GP optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. And back down the hill while they're in the back of the truck. And Brian's like, what? <laughs> Hopefully OSHA's not up on the hill. I know, right? <laughs> Binoculars. But so, you know, and, and then Ryan, who's here with me uh, today, his his bay is only seven foot tall. So, like, Ryan, he it, it's this terrible height, man. Because you can't sit on a chair underneath it, but a creeper is too low. So, Ryan works at, like, this squatted over mid-height all day. Like, it's it's really terrible. And, and you learn to be efficient at those things. Like you learn to, and, and I tell people this all the time. I think, and, and it frustrates them, especially if they're wanting to buy a shop or build a shop or move into a shop is like, don't do anything until you maximize what you've got right now, because you will never truly believe what you can get out of that tiny space unless you do it right now. Yep. And then you can really appreciate the space that you've got. And you can push for it. So my question for you is you're getting ready to get a lot bigger. Are you going to give them multiple bays or are you going to keep them in a, a single bay? Yeah, I think in the beginning, uh, I mean, we believe in running one tech a bay. So as quick as I can get that new shop filled with that, I mean, that's what how we'll just keep rolling, you know? Right. Yeah. That's the most efficient way. Right. Well, and, and that's that's the way that I'm going to do it. But the way I'm starting out is is I'm going to start. I just hired another one. So I hired Jason, who is a Nissan Master Tech. Um, and the way that we're going to do it is we're going to move in with four techs. And then we're going to slowly ramp up into the full 10-bay capacity. Now, I've got two bays that are going to be – one's going to be kind of medium duty, and the one beside it is for ADOS calibrations. So that one may not get someone in it. And then I've got the aligner, of course. Yep. But I'm just kind of trying to, like, play out where do I want to be and when do I want to hit – are you still running the other shop too? Or are you going to keep that? I'm going to close it. Close that one? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to close it. So we're going to run both. Do you put seven hours of evaluations on your tickets? What <laughs> <laughs> no. kind of question is that? Just seven I, hours. I, I just need he, to kind of figure out 
how you get to that kind of revenue with the space restriction that you have. And I'm not saying it's not doable. It's absolutely doable. I've seen Lucas do it. Right. But I've also seen seven hours of evaluations on his tickets. So, well, I mean, we... And not that he, that he shouldn't charge seven hours of evaluations. I'm just saying it takes a, sp- a particular skill set to tell a customer, I need to do seven hours of evaluations on your car for $1,000 before I even touch a wrench to fix it. So, oh, we don't measure by hours. We track average tech quote. So our guys are running right, right around 1500 on average per ticket. Quoting. Quoting? Quoting. Your, what's your sell-through rate? Uh, our sell-through rate is right around 35%. Okay. So we're doing a full-blown inspection. We're quoting everything. We're doing so $300, $500, $600 ARO. Yep. So maybe two and a half hours? Yep. Yeah, three right hours yep. per. Okay. So that that seems about right. That's a lot of cars that you're pumping through the shop. I'm just, what, what kind of work are you doing? So, I mean, it's not a lot, right? We're doing 260, 275, depends on the month, how many days, but I don't know. I'm just used to that volume. If that's a lot of volume to somebody, but it, it's, it's more volume than I do. Right. Right. So our average opportunity is 3750 right now. And at least the last time I checked. And so we sell through about 18 to 20% on that. And so we've got an average repair order of around a thousand. So your average tech quote then would be what thirty seven fifty is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. And so what? Yeah. We, well, so we're like, yeah, we're we're right about that, and and same thing. We're like, right. I mean, you got to get to a point this though. About the same car count I do. We we he has a slightly higher ARO than I do, but two three hundred dollars more. AR, but you can tell the, the final numbers like he's doing twenty thirty thousand dollars more a month than I am. He's got smaller space, but I've seen his seven hour evaluations. That's all I'm saying. Right. And look. And yours, your numbers make sense, right? But oh, holy crap, out of like two bays, really, and then you have an alignment rack, which you can use to do evaluation and stuff like that. I mean, we use our, our alignment rack as efficiently as I think you could. But I'm just, what kind of, am I screwing up on the repairs that I'm doing? I just, my bays are not turning as fast as yours is what I'm saying. Well, listen, from, I'm your friend. And I feel like I can say this um, every day we have a conversation about how something got screwed up and something took longer than it was supposed to. And somebody took a really long poop break. And like, there's only so many. There's those, a lot of poop breaks in there. <laughs> there's yeah. only there's no so poop breaks many. at your shop. <laughs> there may be, but there's, <laughs> they don't take we don't three have to hours. Have a cell phone blocker in there. That's for sure. <laughs> but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like that those little inefficiencies add up. Right. And, and so if there's anything I've learned about it, that that is it. Is that just a few little small? Do you let your guys poop? Do you make them wear bags? <laughs> that would be funny. Um, Eric probably should at this point, but um, I, I guess my point is is that any of those little inefficiencies, right? And I'm not talking about reasonable inefficiencies, like going to the bathroom. Everybody goes to the bathroom. We take an hour lunch, right? And we sit down and we talk and we hang out and we, you know, it's not that. It's just that we do a half hour lunch. Really. Well, I mean, so like do, when you do 15 minute breaks in the middle of the day. Nope. We just roll through. They need to break. They can take a break. I mean, right. we don't sit there and bust chops or anything, but somebody needs to take a call. They can take a call. Right. No we reason to make through. it adversarial or anything. No. Yeah. Just enjoy life. So but. we got three techs in the back. We got, uh, 
one service writer up front. We just added a second one because Tina's pregnant. She's going to be going out in, uh, the, in December sometime with maternity leave. And then Will's going to backfill for her. And then we also have a parts person that helps build the estimates, takes care of the intake of the parts and stuff. So it, it's all rolling. He's got a lot of front staff. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you think that's probably part of it? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, when Juan, Juan has indicated more than once that he's really Juan just shut his dirty mouth. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Juan is his service advisor. <laughs> he doesn't listen to the podcast, so I can say whatever the hell I want about Juan. Uh, I send him little snippets from time to time. He doesn't listen. He goes, delete. I got enough of him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, so valid point. Front office staff. I run, I run heavier front office staff. Yeah, it helps everything flow. I mean, it, is that what I'm missing out on? Well, so is here's the secret sauce. Our sales went up when we added Will, yeah, our uh, second service advisor. Yeah, so we, for instance, for us. Oh, no crap. Yeah. yeah. Really? So Add another tech, you, your sales go up. I mean, it's. Right. Well, that's what I've been doing. I just keep adding more techs. I'm like, you're slow. I'm going to add another one. <laughs> well, but but here at the end of the day, right? Think about this. Is that if if you're going to push the volume through the shop like that, then that means the estimates have to be done sometime around lunch, right? Because each in my shop, the way it's laid yeah, out, we get is them you, out way too late. We, we've got most of yeah. a, most of the time our techs get three appointments a day. Ryan gets five because he runs a lower hour per repair order, and Eric, Terry, I know how you Jason, do it, right? Okay, I'm but, not interested in what you're doing. I'm asking Bill over here. <laughs> Okay, sorry. So I don't have seven. I, look, I'm not doing seven hours of evaluations. I just, it's not going to fly. I probably do not. Do my, I, most not of my mine area. are, most of them are like, <laughs> I am going to kick your chair if you say that won't work here. <laughs> that won't work in my area. Seven hours. So what are you writing up for seven hours? So the, the case that he's talking about was a cut off. Yeah. Had one off, codes. one in a million. Yeah. No, it was a. It was a right-hand drive um, discovery with a uh, <laughs> Volkswagen diesel engine in it. it right? even come why into our do, shop. Why? Yeah. See, no. there you go. That shouldn't even make it into your shop. But now how do you qualify the client, right? So it, it had the $225 an hour custom testing rate on it or custom labor rate for things that are one-off. And he wanted like all of these things dealt with. And he gave us a list of things he wanted dealt with. And I said, before I can do anything, here's what I have to start with. And it's this much. It's $1,400 for me to touch that, for me to take that on, for me to take the butt chewing, because it's not exactly perfect when you pick it up the way that you think it should be. This is what it's going to take. Yeah, he was probably happy to have somebody look at it too, right? Yeah. So, nobody else would no, even look at yeah, it. And, work on it. And at the end but of the day, you're not messing with that, right? Heck, heck no, no. Yeah. We got no time for that. We, you know, we 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 really, <laughs> we, we you know, we know what's a good fit for us, and we screen it. Not yeah. that we try to, you know, scare people off, but we try to stay in our wheelhouse. You know, right? So there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. Qualifying client is really important. You talk about wasting time looking for parts and something like that. I mean, oh yeah. Well, and and that was the case. Is is so when he when we went into that, he was one hundred percent aware of what it was that we were dealing with. And look, mm-hmm. here here's the things that we're going to be fixing. Here's the things that you want addressed. This is going to be a month long process, maybe longer. We don't know. 
And and we don't even know then because there were all these custom changes. Like we don't know what the outcome's going to be, right? So I would much rather tell him, and and that ended up backing down. We didn't need all that, yeah. so it came back. Our average testing, we'll do, you know, we'll do break evaluations, oil leak evaluations, level one testing routines, things like that. Now, when I when I see a vehicle, I do a peace of mind evaluation. If it's got evidence of an oil leak. We'll do an oil leak evaluation. If it's got evidence that it needs brakes, needs. Here's the issue. Here's my pushback to you on that. Do mm-hmm. you do that? Do we do what? So if a, a uh, 2006 Buick Lucerne comes in uh, with a 3.8, and it is, uh, it's got uh, loose tire out ends, let's say, and the bottom of the engine's covered in oil. Do you look at it and go, it looks like the valve cover gaskets likely need to be replaced? Probably a timing cover because it's a 3.8 and, and the oil pan. And then just sell it like that. Or do you stop and go, I know you just came in for an oil change, but we need to charge you whatever, $70, $80 to do an oh, oil yeah. leak evaluation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we definitely charge for that. We'd clean it up, you know, if we can see it coming right back out, if it's that big of a leak. Every or if time? It's a smaller leak. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody gets in our shop without a charge. We have uh, a no, basic no. and intermediate. So, a basic tr- we we call it a basic diag but it's you know anything that's a noise a leak anything but there, at least a, okay I, but this is not a uh, i'm looking at it from a this is a customer not a customer concern this is a technician find okay this is the the car came in for an oil change nothing right. else they just say hey it's time for an oil change it's like okay yeah. so we while you're under there yeah. needs brakes brake pads are low well we would sell a brake inspection okay every time Every time. Because how are you going to check the calipers and stuff if yeah, you don't take sure. the time? But you guys are in rust country. Like, we never but, replace slides. But, we clean them and lubricate them and slap them back in. But here, here's the thing, is that what you're and, – and, and I've heard this argument from people before. For me, it's not even so much about selling the additional testing. It's about getting permission to touch something on their car or take something apart to make sure I'm making the right recommendation. I don't want to get caught with my pants around my ankles and say, hey, I see your valve covers are leaking. We need to replace your valve covers and then find out something else was leaking somewhere else. Well, what my technicians will say is everything's covered in oil. Start at the valve covers, work our way down. No. How do you no. know that you don't have blow-by, too? Like, you got to do testing. Yeah. How, how do you know that those aren't pushed out because it's got compression blown into the... I mean, you can usually tell. It's but running, not, not all. Like, uh, right. And, running and, like crap or not running like crap. Right. But you got to get paid for your experience, too. I mean, that's the thing. Sure. I mean, you can't just give this stuff for free. So we died. You know, we, we went through an extensive period. Uh, we worked on it for one quarter. We did one meeting a week. And we went through all the different diag scenarios. You know, um, no crank, no star, no um, crank, no star. EVAP, all the different categories, and we mm-hmm. we wrote down what our checklist, what our procedure is to cover most cars, built yeah. it in, put it in as a can job into shopware, and uh, you know we gave the appropriate times because not every like an EVAP could take us an hour and a half, and that's what we bill for it. Yeah. So so, so yeah, EVAP ter- testing is usually pretty high. Misfire testing is usually pretty high. Right. We, well, like we have major performance. Yeah. Yeah. So, but again, this is I'm. Um, the reason I keep coming back to this is that I, I see it differently. If a customer comes in and says, I get, I've got oil leaks all over the bottom of the car or on the ground. Can you look at it? Unless it's very painfully obvious or if it's a vehicle that we have a lot of experience with. 
because sometimes that'll be the case. We look at it and say, hey, look, we're going to have to clean this off. We're going to have to put dye in it. We're going to have to run it. We're going to have to figure out this is the fee for that. So whatever, $110 or whatever the charge is, right? But we saw a lot of valve cover gaskets. Or we'll do a lot of uh, Honda J-Series engines. It looks like the crank seal is leaking. The crank seal is not leaking. There's oil pump seals behind the crank seal, right? We just have a lot of experience with that, and we know. Or the back of the Honda K24 engine is covered in oil. It's probably the stupid VTEC solenoid doodad that sits on the back of the head. And so I don't need to charge for an eval for that. And and I agree with that. When you know a car, right, and I'm doing my peace of mind, if if I blatantly see it, I will call it, right? I don't have a problem with blatantly calling it. I will not do that with brakes. Right, because the the situation with the truck and the guy that got almost killed sure, in a tree. Sure, sure. Right, I'm not doing that. For if I'm going to do a brake system evaluation or inspection, I'm going to check in bad boys. I don't do it with powertrain. I don't do it with stuff like that. But if I can clearly see there's a leak, I will absolutely go to him and say, "Hey, I know that this VTEC solenoid will cause this concern. We probably should take care of that first. I can see it dripping. Let's deal with that first, and then we'll come back and recheck." Right. Mm -hmm. And then it goes into my quality control process upon completion because it runs for 10 minutes on top of a piece of cardboard. Is it still dripping? I guess my my concern is uh, one, I'm trying to figure out what the hell it is you're doing that I'm not doing. One and two, like, well, I could probably break it down for you. I mean, we have pay plans that people that hold them accountable to making the times too. Right. So, yeah, I, is, I don't believe in that. So <laughs> we're not, you're not going to have the same the outcome. New, is he the new Mike Allen? What's that? Is he the new Mike Allen? No, Mike Allen's a whole different creature. Mike Allen is actively spreading his evilness all over. Bill kind of he you know does his thing. Mike slithering all over everything. Yeah, he's like sliming all over everything, okay. spreading his curious. junk everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to and I'm not trying to despair I'm just giving you crap but like I don't I don't want to get to that point okay I don't want to say hey your paycheck's going to be less because you didn't get, get your hours in I, I need because I think I don't need it to be a hundred percent where you're at I'm I'm probably 70 percent of the way there 70 80 percent of the way there but I think I can get to a higher number. I could probably squeeze out another. I th- I know I can squeeze another twenty thousand a month out of what I'm doing right now, if I can just tweak it a hair. And in my mind, from a pace standpoint, pace. Okay, I think the pace that his guys work at is obscene, and I can't work at that pace. <laughs> I don't want my guys working at that pace. Because I, it's very much a reflection of me, and I, like, I feel bad. I, I feel bad. I do. Like, I'm a, I'm, I'm lazy, but you know, like, I get my stuff that I need to get done done. They're lazy, but they get the stuff that they need to get stuff done to a certain how many, point. How many hours a day does each tech bill? It depends. A, a day? No, we go by week, dear. Okay, average. Average twenty five. What? That's what they do. That's what your techs do a week? Yeah. Yeah. 
They're working 40, right? Yeah. Well, they're, they're 40. They're not working 40. <laughs> so, so, yeah. 40-ish, too, because, you know, they get there when they get there. <laughs> I don't know that I could tolerate that. I really, I mean, that would, like, and, and here's the thing is you well, think. That's, a, you, that's the thing, though. You probably get there. You Like, he seems like, you seem like a, like a hard worker. And you, I've seen you, you're crazy. And so me, though, like I get there when I get there and I work 40-ish hours a week. And yeah, like there's a lot of time off and a lot of hangout and, you know, doing whatever. Like I'm doing stuff, I'm working, but I'm not working like at the shop. I'm not doing shop stuff 24 But, but I mean, what about the team, though? Your team's there. Yeah, they're there. Are they not working? No, probably not as hard as I could. I mean, you make it sound like my guys are out here killing themselves, and they are. They're really hard workers. I'm sure your team. Yeah. I mean, boys, yeah. they they put it down. They're hustlers, but they yeah. enjoy it, right? They, like we yeah. all love it. Yeah, I mean, nobody's. I love it. You know, we're not working people to death either. I mean, that they're just doing their thing. I mean, they're not yeah. running around crazy like chickens with their heads cut off. They're just doing. I their just thing, feel like you know? they have just, to. No, they don't. No. No. Your guys do. You shut up. I've seen your guys, but I want to yeah. know what he's doing. I think your guys are sandbagging, and it's making you feel yeah, a little. I got two guys here I today. Do, we can I bring them in like here, and you can yeah. ask them. I'm, I I do feel more like my guys sandbag a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. So, what's the solution? What What would you tell David? What would you? Well, he's got to have a pay plan. That no, no, no. Don't get into that. I'm saying <laughs> I'm not trying to do any, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I I. People self-manage themselves with it, you know? No, but I don't want to do it through pay. I don't I don't want to do it through pay. I don't think that's that's fifth the solution. Place trophies. Fifth place trophies. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a thing. Fifth place trophies. If it motivates them, right? What's that? If it motivates them. I, I think they the, the the reason that we end up having issues, I think, are almost always process related, right? And so we will, the, the parts don't get there on time, or we get the wrong part, or the part didn't get ordered. It happens it all day ordered. long in our shop, too. And, well, I think they use that as an excuse to then sandbag. See what I'm saying? It's like, mm, part didn't show up. I'm going to go hang out. It's like, well, well, hold on now. You could like, be doing something else. You could be yeah. doing something else. Right. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I'm not going to push because they have one bay. Like, what are we going to do now? The part didn't show up push the car out yeah okay okay see like that's not a thing in their world where you're like we don't have a choice here like that i gotta turn this bay it's gotta make x amount of dollars a day that's it it. for us it's not even about the dollars it's like we you were getting ready to spray sand everywhere david you were worrying about (laughs) this way too much uh i'm just saying it'll be awesome too (laughs) it'll get mad it'll It'll find all the sticky dog pee everywhere <laughs> we'll know where it is at that point right? <laughs> uh david's dog peed on some of his stuff oh <laughs> right before no it's not my dog not my dog not no dog. no not my dog no. wife's dog my father-in-law's dog oh uh, yeah um worst dog ever <laughs> so are you I, a dog person i'm a dog person are you what'd you do to piss off the dog i didn't do anything but this is a <laughs> stupid stupid dog years of inbreeding have resulted. You're wondering what he did to piss the dog off. <laughs> this is years of inbreeding have resulted in this dog who just like you can tell, you can tell from like 
look, I've had a lot of dogs in my yeah. life and I've had a lot of really smart dogs yeah. and I've had dogs that did bad stuff. They knew they were being yeah. bad and they gave you the look and they're like, and they knew, they knew, they knew. This dog doesn't know. This dog just, like, his eyes go different directions. He just stares at you, and then he bumps into the wall, and then he sniffs and pees on the wall because he hadn't peed in that corner yet. And it goes about his day. He doesn't care. He doesn't know. You should probably try and hire him. What's that? You should probably. Are you comparing my text to the <laughs> stupid dog I own? <laughs> You're awful. So if the part's wrong, what, you guys are just going to stand around and do nothing for an hour, waiting for the next part? They, they absolutely <laughs> so, will. So your go- their goals don't he's align a, with your goals. His mind just blown. He's like, what, you, what, what are they doing? I, look, they, just, I, they just hang out until the part shows up. <laughs> they, it's got to go out, right? Like, it's got to go out. Yeah. That, in a small shop, that's all yeah. that it can be. And so I think a lot of that, though, is the morning planning. Right. right. So like for us, the morning planning says if this doesn't show, if this client doesn't show, if that part doesn't get there, here's your list. Right. You got to go to the next. And the other thing, I don't know about you. I use workflow and shopware. David doesn't use workflow and shopware. Whoa, so whoa, I have whoa, whoa. What says I don't? The little green buttons? You you specifically told me you did not use the I've workflow since, screen. I have since started working on the the green buttons. The green buttons are cool. Yeah. You can see. So like. we, we we have our own workflow board that we have inside the inner office. Why do you hate shopware? I love shopware. <laughs> you know it. We well, have uh, the green buttons then. <laughs> no, I mean, we have the workflow board on a television out in the shop so the guys can see it there. But mainly for running strategy, the uh, we have a, a workflow board with, you know, every car gets a tag and right. we're moving it through the system. That's how I do my keys. Yeah, the yeah we, have, right we have a progress yeah. board like that too. Yeah, but like what 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 he's saying though, and what I'm saying is like, you you'll know, I've got these three cars assigned to that tech, and then you know when it fills up to 16 hours, you're like, okay, well I guess he's not going to finish these cars today, like because it's unreasonable to think well, that that person's going to finish those. But cars but I mean day. I don't just load the I don't load it in that sense. I load it in the sense that every job I need you to work on is in your list. Now, I will take the other jobs off, right? And I will get my count. I will know, hey, I want to see you through this. So they know, hey, this first job, I want to see you out of that by 930. This second job, I want to see you out of that by 11. This third job, I want to see you out of that by 12, right? And we're talking about where we're going to be at certain times during the day, first thing in the morning. Our morning meeting includes that. If we have a no-show, if you don't have parts, if this happens, down below that is the next thing I want you on. If you can't go to that, go to the next one. If you can't go to that, go to the next one. It's a production, though. If that happens to be the case, the part doesn't show. It's the wrong part. shows up late. Because sometimes we like we schedule it tight. Like, go ahead and get started. Part should no, be here by the no, time no, you're no, ready. No, you don't, man. That is, no. I'm telling you, you that is number no. one big boo-boo right yeah, there. Really? It doesn't law. get touched until that booger's there, and you can yeah. look at the part and say, that's the right part. You do not touch a thing no. on that car. It's is sitting that in the, the lot. mistake I'm making? Probably. Dude, that changed my life. When yeah. I stopped doing that, that changed my freaking life. I don't want to hear from you're you. are just inviting it in. I mean, well, one of the things, too, I'll throw back to you. He said daily meetings. So what, what about, are you doing daily meetings? We do weekly meetings with individual. We do a weekly shop meeting and weekly okay. one-on-one meetings. I don't do a, like a morning. It's when you get there, they're like, "Here's your keys." They they know their keys are sitting there waiting, usually. Okay. If I get there, 
So we just implemented this. Uh, Josh, our foreman, and I went to a conference over the summer, and he brought it back to Daily Collision or Daily Huddle or whatever, and yeah. we implemented it. And uh, it's been working wonders for us. I mean, we've had the weekly leadership meeting with just our leadership team, and now actually this quarter uh, we're breaking that down to where the front of house and the back of house are both having a meeting yeah. Uh, once a week, too, to make sure that everything's on track. That's that is that makes all the difference in the world. That morning meeting did it bust on you? Yeah, that's, a, that's uh, why I was throwing it at you. Uh, so you get single. It's right. literally like a five minute meeting around the board. It, it takes nothing to yeah. do. It's so you know, quick. It irons out a lot of communication know, issues. I've I've got two different buildings, so I, I've got one tech who's in a completely different building. <clears throat> that that would make it hard. Our weekly meetings we all come together. Like we, and all we do is discuss numbers. Like, hey, it's tire pressure season, so make sure you're filling up the tires. Don't forget. We just little reminders like that, and then we discuss numbers. Hey, last week we hit this number. Ours are looking good. Hey, make sure that we're doing this here. Clean up some of your inspections, but it's mostly twenty five hours a week. Twenty five, yeah, twenty five hours a week. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. What's wrong with twenty five hours a week? It's part time. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, they're there for forty. Yeah, they're part time employees, I guess. They 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 turn they build out twenty five. But that's what that's sort of the problem, though. Is that's what I was asking about the the. There's a the, lot of shops that run that way too. There's more that yeah. run like that than yeah the, the other, other way. way. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong. Well, with that I at all. I go I ba- I base my I base a lot of what I do off of like Bob Greenwood's like we should be at seventy percent productivity. So the number then becomes like, hey, we need to hit third between thirty and thirty-five hours a week. That's going to be our our like. Look at thirty hours a week. Uh, you will see me pull up in two boats. One, uh, I'll have a leg in the, on each boat pulling on <laughs> two boats. I'm not, and we're not that far away either. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's just those small tweaks that those extra five hours per technician will push me into that twenty thousand um a, a month range there where i'm i'm neck and neck with with a princess over here so and that's the goal and i am putting almost no effort into it (laughs) where he is going to uh kill himself uh working as hard as he does because i'm just i'm it's a uh it's a it's a lazy 25 hours a week the the pace is just way slower not not I'm not disparaging anybody doing absolutely anything. I am telling you that if I lose a guy next week, not that I don't love my all my staff to death. I love them just in my heart. But if I lose a guy next week, I don't feel it. it there's nobody that is a... There's nobody that is productive enough to make that big of a difference to the organization. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I know you're laughing, but I'm, that I, is a hundred percent how I've, I've as put my business around when you're, that there is nobody that is critical enough to my business that if I lose them tomorrow, it'll hurt a little bit. It'll hurt a little bit, but like, that we'll sounds survive. like a we'll fear mindset though. It, it sounds no, like you're basing uh, your business. In absolutely fear. not. It is a hundred percent pragmatism. The average, the, the average, the average employee will stay in a business, what, two, 2.3 years, something like that. Right. Okay. So think about the turnover. And if you've had an, well, I've had my employee for 10, 15 years, it's like, okay, congratulations. It doesn't take much. 
It doesn't take much. And you don't think that somebody else is out there actively recruiting. Your shop foreman is being actively recruited by absolutely everybody around you. And to put your blinders up and think that that's not happening is absolutely insane. The, The guy that we were talking about this morning. If he doesn't think that if that shop owner doesn't think that the minute he loses that employee, his entire business comes to a screeching halt. What did you think about that? That post in ASOG this morning? Did you uh, see that? No, I didn't see it. We were driving in. He was busy. She, telling the, he the does premise. crazy numbers in three and a half days. Well, before we move on, what are you doing? But the, to your point though, like it is super critical when you're a small shop like us. Like if I have a tech go out, like we, Corey was out two days this week sick. I yeah. Mean, that's a, third of our capacity gone yeah it's nuts yeah so the other guys picked up the pieces but where i'm like where i'm afraid to get to it is a little bit of fear because because like you're saying it's not even that it's like yeah you're losing a third of your capacity but you still have that front staff that you're paying for that is not turning base well they pay for themselves well like the front staff yeah they're they're commission paid so when and and, okay. and for me, him being out is very much the ripple in the pond, right? Because it's not just that day that it affects, right? Yeah, it ripples. The yeah. whole week goes haywire. More clients are upset, so now the front counter's got to deal with more mess, and yeah. it's just all it that creates like all a lot of, of these things. There's just, so much interdependency; it. <laughs> it's really not. I mean, we really come. To, I mean, we got a really good solid team. I mean, they all gel. Everybody knows that everybody's pay is related on everybody doing what they're supposed to right. be doing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, everybody's accountable to everybody, and you know, it just it happens. I don't know. I can't operate. Or they leave. That way. It's nuts. You know, either I help them leave, or they self-select <laughs> out. That, right. <laughs> So maybe <laughs> David's text come spend a week with you and you know, like, yeah, they'll come back and be like, that noise. <laughs> we have to work Jersey. No way. <laughs> so tell him about the, tell him about the post we're talking about. Yeah. So he's not completely. What are we talking about? Oh, the beers that dude, the, the, the 39.85 hours. Yeah. Okay. So the guy flags 39.85 hours. And this owner thought he was going to be, you know, magnamic, mag, help me out here. <laughs> you magnamic, <don't>. <laughs> mag, <laughs> this is going to be the real <laughs> clip from this entire podcast. Let me go ahead and get the Google out. Yeah. Synonyms. No, no, no. <laughs> well, yeah, synonyms. So maybe. <laughs> Magnagamagnagamagnagamagnagamagnagamagnagamagnagamagnagamagnagamagnagamagnagamagnagamagnagamagnagamagnagamagnagamagnagamagnagamagnagamagnagamagnagamagnagamagnagamagnagamagnag
But don't leave it at 1.67 because I will go banana. Anyway, see that I focus on the wrong things, by the way, dear. Anyway, so he, he goes, hey, why didn't you round up to 40? And he goes, uh, like bonus isn't that big a deal to me. It's like whatever. And so his reaction wasn't, oh, okay. He didn't feel like he earned it. So he didn't fully earn it because technically he didn't, right? He didn't turn that extra 0.15 hours therefore and no no he got upset he's like i think my base is i think i'm paying his base or his base is a little too high i think i'm paying him too much as a base salary because he didn't care about that extra bonus or he could be not money motivated too right yeah he doesn't understand that that wasn't in fact people are explaining to him there are people that care about things (laughs) other than money yeah yeah remember that when you're laughing at me about my 0.25 hour my 25 hours a week uh, no, I'm not. Listen, I don't have a problem with you being at 25 hours. A week. I feel like you do. I, 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 it's not that I have it a problem with it. It's just that I don't think I could talk. I, I, I could. It's like, hard to pay the bills. Well, it's hard to pay the bills, but it makes me Why, feel whoa, like. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why do you say that? I would in my shop. Yeah. Well, you. So. Yeah, but you run a parts person, two service advisors, right. yourself. Okay. I don't. I have one guy. I have a Mexican. And that Mexican <laughs> does a fantastic job. And then I fill in when, when, until I get bored with it. And I go do something else. And I leave the rest for a while to deal with. <laughs> you ever heard of a seagull manager? Oh, yeah. The, it is not that. Thank you very much. That is not at all. I come in and supplement. I'm a supplemental. Because I ask him, I'm like, what do you need help with? He's like, well, I, I need to do these three estimates. Can you clean up this inspection? Can you write something up for this here? How, what do you, how do you want me to call this customer? Like, what do you want me to tell him about this particular design? Because I, I have more technical knowledge than he does. So sometimes the technical terms, like he gets a little tripped up. He he tries to explain them in layman's terms, but it, like I prefer them to be accurate, a hundred percent. He thinks he's being accurate, but it's like ah, that's not exactly right. For example, we don't say warped because rotors don't warp. Did you know that? I've always called them warped. See, uh, you're an it, idiot. It, no, look, it's a. <laughs> it is a common thought that they do, but they don't. They go out around. That they have excessive uh, lateral runout, excessive lateral runout, parallelism issues, and, and excessive thickness variations, yeah. and and did not know this. Jim Kokonis, I think, is the one who taught me this. That a lot of the issues come down to brake pad material depositing on the rotor itself, and that's one of the reasons that you feel it worse as it begins to heat up. Did not know that. So cheap brake pads will also mm-hmm. add to. Excessive uh, vibration when pulsation. Yeah, I have a Hyundai. I think we're on our second set of. We did the brake job initially. She came back in. We did. I think we redid like rear rotors or something like that. And she just came back in, and we did a four wheel brake job on my dime because there was there was there were you know there were warped rotors, but and I'm like it's just this one car. It's not like I'm seeing a trend here. Yeah. Like, it's just this one car. We we see a lot of them because they get them hot. Yeah, I mean, the and that makes sense. Yeah, they'll come back and they'll be just, I mean, dude, you can't even describe the color purple these things will yeah. get. And, like, the, the pad will be completely glazed over. Yeah. And so it, it can be two trips. And, and so what do you do with that? Do you, do you warranty them? Well, we do. 
and we'll ask them, hey, please make sure you down gear when you go down the mountain. Because what they do is they ride them, right? They start down the mountain. They'll keep their foot on it. And they don't realize that they're just keeping very light pressure and it's still building heat. Yeah. And so, you know, you go down through there at 60 mile an hour and you keep your foot on it just ever so slightly. There's enough of a downward grade that it's going to keep pushing you all the way to the bottom. It's 20 miles. And so you're, you know, you're running 60 mile an hour down through there and, and you're sitting on the brakes and then somebody pulls out in front of you or somebody slows down in front of you and you stand on them pretty hard. They're already hot. You get them really hot. Yeah. And next thing you know, but if they live on the mountain, you would think they would know. But you got to remember, we live in a college town, so we end up with a oh, lot of college yeah, students, and we end up with a lot of folks that move yeah. in that have never experienced that, you know. And so, I, I just so don't my, use my point breaks. is at twenty five hours, we do we, we do fine. Okay, um, we don't have uh, we don't have the expenses. And usually, the expenses if they get a little heavy, it's because I'm buying toys, like an eight ounce machine. I don't use. What's another sixty thousand dollars? Not yet. No, we're waiting to see how that all plays out. What what do you mean? Oh dear, you're not listening to the podcast. This is what happens when you just listen to one podcast and not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I've been on books lately, so I'm a little behind them on podcasts. You are a terrible <laughs> human being. <laughs> I mean, you're just absolutely terrible. We if don't you see want the call your for it right now. What's that? We we just don't get any calls for it right now. I mean, we Wait, got the windshield whoa, guy that'll do it. Uh, we we've figured this out, right? And so that that's why I that's a big reason that I set the shop up for it. And so we began to have conversations with people who were in the know. We, we were in the same like yeah. It was right before ETI, twenty twenty one. We went to ETI, and my that my whole thing was oh, it'll all go to dynamic. And you know, I don't believe that. Yeah. Well, and I, that was my mindset because it, and I, and I got it from, uh, Robert Morton dirtbag who decided to tell me, Hey, back in the day, you used to have to spend all this time calibrating these stupid sensors on these German cars. Cause that's what he works on is he's a Euro tech, um, or Euro shop. And he's, he's like, yeah, but now like they would end up doing a revision or two and then it's just plug and play. And then you just install it and out the door it goes. He goes, it'd also probably be that. They'll just eventually move to more and more dynamic and like less need for the whole contraption and this, that, and the other. And then we show up for ATI and everybody goes, no, that's not how it's going to be. In fact, <laughs> we're going to do all static. We're going to go more static. Really? Yeah. Cause less variation, less need for driving for two hours to get it to calibrate. You can't account for roads and construction and all this other stuff. There's so many variables when you're doing dynamic that a static calibration can be done reliably with the, when properly done can be done reliably and you'll know what has been pushed into the module and that's going to be faster, easier and more controllable than to try to push to all a dynamic. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of crappy. So now we have to do something about that. And then we started hearing about all of the restrictions and, Hey, they can't have sunlight and if it, it'll, it'll say it's calibrated. It's not really calibrated. And it's not self-diagnosing. So you never know. It's, it's not calibrated. Yeah, you have no idea. And, and, and I think the big thing was, is as we started to have more of those conversations, it became very clear that the cars we were already working on required calibration. 
And so when we started looking and and began to know where to look in service information, we found the majority of the cars that were coming through the shop were supposed to be calibrating. If we weren't calibrating them after an alignment, if we weren't calibrating them after specific services, then the car wasn't safe and nobody knew it. Hmm. Well, so, uh, yeah, that or that was became a it, be, it became apparent that that was the reality, and we just weren't checking. We were just talking to we were talking to Ben Johnson from Mitchell One, and he was saying, "Yeah, we started putting we we saw the need to start attaching notices to any kind of repair that would possibly then require an ADOS calibration, things like radiator radiator installation, suspension work, yeah. mm-hmm. alignments. Yep. You think you don't yep. need to, but it turns out like it's in there, but." The problem is, like, who checks for service information when doing an alignment? Like, you you roll the car, you hope the alignment machine tells you. The, my John Bean says, check for ADOS calibration necessity. Like, but it says that on every car that comes in. So yeah. that 07 Silverado that you're doing alignment on yeah. says, check for complacent that because of yeah, the. Yeah, you, you just yeah, start ignoring yeah. it, but you have no idea. And so, yeah. And then and, the mobile techs are. They're not doing a good job, and and they they, they try can. and right they can't. And so you know, it, the, it adapt. Chris Chesney mm-hmm. hinted at the fact that hey, there have been legal cases already, right? It's coming, and they know that it's a thing. So, I that was the big reason for me saying, hey, I'm going to go ahead and plan for this in the new shop. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely not ruling it out, but right now, I mean, it's just not in our wheelhouse, you know, talking about yeah. staying in our lane and what, I mean, three and a half bays, we just. Uh, there, you can't. No, no. Right. And and that was one of the reasons that we made the call on going ahead and moving forward with shop. Right. That that was coming out of COVID. And, and it's been, as a matter of fact, you can ask David, when I went through the whole deal with the bank, we were here last year. It has been, mm-hmm. uh, it is exactly 365 days when I get home on Monday that I'm asking for my final inspection that we started actually building the shop. And so it's been one year and it was, it was through these events that I kind of started picking up like, Hey, I'm not going to be able, my business is not sustainable in three bays in two, three, four years. Right. It's just not sustainable anymore. He's got three. Oh, he's, he's got three and a half. We're going to six in the new yeah. building. Yeah. I mean, but you, came, you're not going to have an eight space for ADOS though. Yeah. Our alignment bay should provide us enough. Are you going in ground? You're yeah. Gonna we're going to go flush them out yeah. and then be able to roll forward. And yeah. So. Okay. Well, we're making, go. yeah. There's your ADOS bay. Yeah. So the, um, but I agree. I mean, when we were trying to put this, we're on a really small lot. You know, New Jersey real estate's expensive. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Right. So, um, you know, it was, it was quite the negotiation to get that six bays in there versus the four that, you know, and if we went by the letter of the law, I could put like a 10 by 10 shed on the lot, you know. What I mean? Right. So, right. So what would you do? Was, How did uh, you navigate that? Uh, a lot of it was, believe it or not, was more with my engineer than anything else. My engineer is right. like, no, this isn't going to work. We can't get it to make. I'm like, well, let's let's go to the town and have them tell us that before we decide, you know. Right, but at four bays, I probably wouldn't be building that building. I'd be right. putting a uh, coffee shop in there or something, you know. Yeah, definitely, yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah. Right, it it it's it's crazy, and and so we'd built things before, right? Like we'd been building houses, but we never. I don't think any of us ever 
recognized to what degree the local restrictions had changed, right? And it was things like 15-foot vegetative buffers from myself. From myself? Yes, from yourself. Okay, but that's my parking lot. Yes, but you don't want to be able to see the cars from inside the shop. There's cars everywhere, right? Well, you need a 15-foot vegetative buffer between the side of your driveway into the shop and, and up the drive, so it'll block the parking lot. There's 275 feet of creek and vegetation between us and the road you don't want to see. Right, but we need that on your property. What in the hell are you talking about? See, this I mean, is what happens yeah, when you don't get involved in your local government. This is entirely your fault. You should have been running for city council so you can navigate all of this stupidity and be like mm, we're not going to do that i'm going to go ahead and vote down vote this down did you feel like when you when you started the process did you feel like they did not want development and building in your area did it feel that way to you no not at all you got to remember like you know we've been in this town for 37 years so we've right. got good working relationships they know the type of business that we run you know um we're not collecting cars i mean it's good clean business right you know so when we approach the town with it and they were pretty much on board with all of it. I mean, they had some minor things like, um, you know, we're on a state highway, so we have a driveway access that came around to the back. Right. And they were concerned about that, so we deleted a section out of there. So we there's a ADA handicap spot that you can come and pull into up front. Right. But that's the only access from that side. So everything else has to come down the side road. But, I mean, really nothing too crazy just yet so we just got through land use i'm going to be drawing building permits here soon very cool are you going to be your own gc yeah i'm going to gc it myself so sorry feel bad for you i did my house so i get some experience in it you know a lot of contractors are all customers and yeah gotta have good people you know that's the biggest yeah the the subs are the subs are the key yeah right the subs are the key I, I think if there's anything I've learned about that, I've only got a couple subs that are just like. And I reached out to the uh, just the other day, I, you know, because we're getting into. So I'm putting up a Morton building, a steel building, and they're doing the architectural design and off stamp plans from them for that. But it's not going to have the mechanical, the electrical, or the plumbing on it. So right. I got to get a little bit more into detail with that. So I, you know, I just called up the construction official in town and you know I had a very good conversation, told him what my plans were, and you know I'm just trying to stay in compliance and do the yeah. right thing here so i mean you know he gave me some good guidance and set me in a path where you know if i do what he says then what else is he going to say when right that's exactly right yeah so let him tell me versus you'll get fired and somebody else will come in and that guy won't like you yeah you did you hear the did you <laughs> hear the story so. about the electrical panel on my new shop no yeah so they they built it to code right the because it's a 600 amp three phase coming okay. in the back of the shop yeah we we're looking at putting three phase in too also the the first inspector comes in we did not call for an electrical inspection and the the so the metal building it, where we're at does not require a physical inspection okay it it just doesn't fall underneath those conventional inspection guidelines and as such it really didn't need an electrical inspection until final. It doesn't have an electrical rough-in on the big shop space. It's only on the office space. Mm-hmm. We called for a framing rough-in, and the inspector showed up and decided he was going to do an electrical rough-in on the whole building. Now, had he not done that, it would have saved me $7,000. Uh, 
long story short, he and I knew I was in trouble, right? Because there's no wires pulled in any of the panels at this point. And he's going from panel to panel with a meter to check and make sure there's no power in the panel. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Wow. So he goes back to the back and he points out that you need three separate disconnects because we've got three panels in the shop. You need three separate disconnects or one uh, 600 amp disconnect in one spot at the certain height outside behind the building. And we said, okay. Uh, the electrician says, I've never heard of that. Like each of the panels has its own disconnect. We've got a primary disconnect in the back. Why do we need another, like, why do you need three places to turn everything off? That makes no sense. And he says, no, it's the new electrical code. And so I was okay with all of this. I was okay with the $7,000. I just wanted the building done until the new inspector showed up and said, man, I don't, I don't know why I told you that, but I don't think that's going to pass code. And I was like, do what? <laughs> and he's wow. like, I'm really sorry. Like, I don't know what to tell you. There's not really anywhere for recourse or anything like that. And we were like, you're joking, right? And he's like, uh, and you so have we, all that to look forward to and yeah. more. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so we go around and around and eventually he's like, man, he's like, I tell you what, let's just, it'll be okay. You're, you're compliant with new codes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy, this, this, this guy actually told me, he's like, you know, if you get your building permit in within the next three months, you'll be grandfathered into the old code. So, right. There you go. You better get that bad boy. In. Oh yeah. I'm hoping to be done quick, pretty quick. So that's awesome, man. That's yep. fantastic. But, um, well, cool. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. This has been a blast. Did we get anything figured out? Your shop suck. I mean, I, no, that's not <laughs> what I meant to say. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm just kidding. Hey, how did you, this is your first time being here. Yeah. How first time at tools. Um, just heard it from being online and seeing the posts and stuff like that. Right. Uh, we've talked about, you, you can know, give us credit. You can go ahead and give us credit. It's fine. Yeah, well, we've been trying to come in the past couple of years. October's here, a tough month though. <laughs> you know, right. Well, so, I know it's a smaller event, I, but I don't. Yeah, but it, for me to bring the whole team, it's a lot easier. You know, it's a right. region. It was an hour drive this morning. Um, there was two teammates that couldn't make it though. I mean, they're busy with kids stuff this weekend. You know, it's it's a tough time of year to get away from all that. But right, I I, mean, I think it's growing, and I think it's going to. I I think it's exciting. They've got some people that are involved that want to really see this go to the next level. Yeah, yeah that's a good, great some good people. Involved. Great yeah. space here. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I mean, how far was it from Allentown to get here? Twenty an minutes? Hour. Oh, was it that long? Yeah, yeah, okay. about an hour, forty-five, fifty. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was two minute drive. I was trying to make it sound better because you know I do run a hundred the whole way, but yeah. you know it's you not that hundred. But I mean, like the Poconos, the, the proximity to New York City. I mean, it's yeah. There's a ton of shops within that space. So. Oh yeah, it, it's beautiful. You can bring your family. Yep. There's a water park, so they yep. have things to do. There's plenty of space. This show yes. could grow to the size of ASTE or Vision or one of the other yeah. regional Probably shows. ASTE. This I don't know. This space would would hold Vision type numbers. This space is way bigger than, really? than the ASTE it's space. Huge, yeah. It's pretty close to the Vision space. If you go down and walk down all the way around, yeah. you've probably got as much space as you've got at Vision. Yeah. So, but you know, good classes. I mean, yeah. definitely would recommend it to anybody in the area to awesome book their way in here. So now I got to hire a parts person, a second service advisor. I think you could do everything you want to do with a second service advisor. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. If, if you take the load off of poor Juan, Juan is running himself to death. 
I've thought about moving my grumpy tech into a parts slash expediter. Your your grumpy tech hates everyone. Yeah. And everything. Well, not everything. Most everything. But he's got a lot of technical like knowledge experience. But that like, doesn't make you good at, at being the parts person and the expediter in the shop. Why not? It it just does not necessarily equate. It doesn't mean he wouldn't be, but it doesn't necessarily equate to him being good at that job. Knowing knowing that that job takes these three gaskets that get missed and you didn't pull the per past service. So uh, we have helpful. Well, so, you know, what we'll do in our shop and maybe this will answer some of that. But what I'm hearing is so our techs write it up. They send it up to parts person. They write it up. They send it back to the tech for review. Right. Make sure that they got the right time on it, the right parts. So you, the scenario you're talking about, it would fall back on the tech if they don't get the right parts. Because they're going to sign off on that work order and then send it up to the service Your advisor. Your are turning the hours that they're turning and writing the tickets? They're not writing the tickets. They wrote the inspection. They're reviewing oh, the I'm ticket sorry. to make sure that the right parts okay. are on there. Yeah. So like the missing O-rings and stuff, like if that happens, they get nobody to blame but themselves. Okay. I guess the, the issue I would have. So we'll do that with a, let's say we're doing some kind of gasket on a on an audi okay so that that's going to take this pipe that pipe these three you know whatever and so every single one of those pipes has a stupid o-ring on it and needs to be replaced and so it, what juan will do is send it to the tech uh, we want tech that we give all your work because he actually likes doing it for some reason and so he'll he'll pull up the the parts list he'll be on parts or seven zap and he'll be like tick 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 he goes all these three gaskets all need to go then you'd be added to the ticket and they'll send it back we don't do that on every ticket and i think the and sometimes it's not like the more intricate technical stuff it's things like the plenum gasket gets missed on spark plugs right you know just stupid stuff like that but the techs know that right? the techs do all the so. techs do yeah and some of them they'll they'll add it as a private note and say, "Hey, make sure I get a plenum gasket, make sure I get a throttle by gasket, make sure I get a GR tube gasket, whatever." Right? Yep. In my mind, if I stick them back there, stick them in an office, and say, "Hey, inspectors are going to come in. I need you to clean them up. Make sure they're they're like good technical notes are in there." You look so tired. I feel so bad for you. I'm not tired. I'm good. You should have been drinking that. You're biased. It's got too much sugar in it. Bro. I know, dude. I feel like I can't do it. I can't do it. You want to buy it? It's no, thank you. It's closed. No. <laughs> he didn't like it or anything. Anyway, um, I, I just feel like if we stick them in an office back there and we tell them, hey, I need you to clean up the inspections. I need you to write up the estimates, the majority of them. Uh, I need you to make sure you get the parts ordered. Make sure the parts come in. Make sure you check them to see if they're flipping correct. I mean, the guy's got 20 years experience. Like, he's, he's probably done that job six times, you know. And then make sure you get the expedite the parts out to the... But, to but the, that, you're, you're talking about two different jobs, right? We talk about the, the tech moving to the owner role. And we talk about how they're not the same job. And right. you have to learn a new role. Yeah. You a, you have to make sure he understands and is willing to learn the new role. And B, you don't know that it is a different task. It's a different skill set. So what makes him a good technician is not going to make him a good parts person. I, oh, I understand that. The, the, 
I think a technical knowledge and ability will help because he's going to be able to go. There's no way that car is going to do that job's going to be done in 2.7. Right. That's 4.2 all day long. And so he'll, where my, my service advisor now, or even me not having done that job ever. And my service advisor now will just, that's what book time says. Plus the markup, you know, 30% add on and then took, took, and then off it goes. If he doesn't know, he asks me, Hey, does 1.1 sound good on that? <laughs> right. But that's where you run into the problems where you, you could be losing time too, right? So I just feel like I'm probably losing time in there. Right. So like when the when it goes back to the text, it's on them to make sure that the right time's on it too, right? They yeah, the, their absolutely. Pay, their pay is absolutely off of that. So Yeah. So well, what's the I mean, if they're reviewing it and they're they're not tied to that they're do they review- care if they're billing the customer two and a half hours or four, you know? Yeah. I can, I can see that. I can see that. But from a, the, the only, the only pushback I'll give you is that we have, we have very specific goals, right? And that we do profit sharing in the shop. And once we hit certain numbers, like they start to see bigger chunks deposited into their retirement accounts where we have a little bit more flexibility to do things like take off to ASTE the the big goal was we really wanted to go to stx we just could not make it swing we had a shh december in january february was good january was not good anyway we just we could not swing the twenty five thousand dollars it was going to cost for us to go to 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 stx but i mean it cost me 15 to go to ast you know that got paid it was whatever right and so and, and things like, uh, we want an XP 400 in the shop. My tech wants an XP 400. We, we buy stuff like that. It's like my tech wanted a TIG welder. I bought him a TIG welder. Yeah. He owns a TIG welder, by the way. Now you run a parts person. I don't run a parts person now. Now that he's got said, 18 people though. that works in the front. That, office. that being said, I, I, I do have someone who's going to take the parts role. We've got quality control. So I've got somebody that does quality control and then they actually wash and See, clean when they get done. Like Juan does all that, and so when we get done, the poor guy gets unpacking. You, you guys, you guys are jerks. That's what you're doing. Because okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm either overworking them and underpaying them, or both. <laughs> well, so you know, we've got somebody that's going to come on as a parts person, and and his it's kind of cool because I'll quit anyway. I put a mezzanine again. up. Right. And so he'll be able to sit at the top of the mezzanine and he can see all the base from the shop. He can see the oil quantities, everything in the totes, the whole nine yards from where he's at. And so I'm going to have a parts person. I've got two advisors and then I've got myself. And so I kind of take the advisor role when it gets into something complex and handle that. Obviously we do the podcast and we do all the mm-hmm. other stuff, but really I take the, the owner role, two advisors, one parts person, one quality control person once we move. Not going to bring them on yet. And like I said, when we move, we'll have four techs. I look to bring on two more GS techs to handle the oil services and stuff like that. And for right now, I'm going to leave those other bays open and just let them float for right now until we kind of get a feel and know what our workflow is like and where do we have the most capacity. The GS position allows me to say yes to a lot more people because we get a lot of maintenance requests. So if we're saying yes to the maintenance request, right, it provides more opportunity as we move. Yeah. So that's my, I, th- I think that maybe 
maybe I'll, t- I'll take the risk of bringing in an extra person to help with parts and, and service advising. And that 25 will be the 30. I, 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 I really, th- I'm defending my text because I don't think it's my texts that are holding us back. I think it's very, I, I tell them, I tell myself this all the time. It is very much the processes we have in place. The only thing holding you back is the owner. The guy's a real shit bag. It's a loose knot behind the wheel. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like I've told you over and over again, you're working one too hard. Like he can't get everything done. He's going to start dropping Listen. balls. Yeah. Well, but something. if you get one, an assistant with the parts, I mean, it, it, you probably would catch a lot more parts errors too, right? Yeah. They're unboxing them, looking them, make sure the numbers match the, the tickets. And we don't have, yeah, we just all we that stuff. do not have enough I mean, time to do that. And, Things like, oh, that one part didn't get ordered. We missed it. Mm-hmm. It got, it was in progress and didn't pop up on the on the list of parts to order. And oh crap, we missed it. Never showed up. Can't check it off the list. Okay, it says in the workflow box parts needed. Doesn't I it? know, right? Imagine yeah. that if you use the software to its capacity. Wait, hold on, hold on. Am I missing this feature? What are you talking about? Look right here. I just want you to see this. Hang on, let me show you. It's very easy to see if you go right here to shopware. Okay. Look, you click log in and then you go in here and you log into your account and then you click workflow right here. You see right here where it says ordered in progress? And you notice how there's nothing on my screen that says needed, right? It's because if it needed parts, we already ordered it. If it says needed right there, it means that we had. Hold on, hold on. Yet. That's not the issue. The issue is that sometimes there's a part that's in progress and go to order parts right now. Go to our parts. Pull up a rando ticket. You want me to go? Oh, you want me to pull up just a random Just ticket. a random ticket and try to order parts. And sometimes if something didn't get received or the quantity on hand is like, I don't keep inventory, period. But we don't keep inventory, track of inventory in Shopware. But see how it says on the bottom, they're in progress. Mm-hmm. Okay. For whatever reason, right? You had a set of spark plugs. You ordered four spark plugs. Car, customer didn't need it. Customer declined the work, whatever, right? You end up sending the spark plugs back to the vendor. In inventory, Shopware still, still sees it. You have four spark plugs, dear. Not we create return returns. Yeah. Okay. Let's say the return doesn't get created <laughs> in an expedited fashion. Yeah. And then the very next car takes the same spark plugs. You think you got them in stock. Yeah. You think you have them in stock. And so you order everything that's on the list. The parts get all ordered other you know, than the spark plugs. Let me, let, me give you a, let me give you a hint. If you didn't start on the car until you knew you had all the parts and you had a parts person or another C, uh, CSR slash advisor that could go An and expediter. bend all the parts yeah. and say everything for this is here. Okay, we can move it from waiting on parts to. I'm just, I was showing you that I busted it. You see this, right? Busted. If you if you ever wonder why one day when I lose my mind, what happened? Now you know. It was that he's overworking his guys and working himself up to death. We gotta we gotta revisit this. I want to have another one of these when sure. your shop's done. When David has David has hired a second person. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see what happens. I yeah. never. I've hired extra technicians, and it's always worked itself out, and we always end up with more gross revenue. And you're always like, you're a little bit afraid. It's like, well, I'm about to commit, you know, X amount of dollars. It's always a chunk of money. I'm salary. So it's the, if the works, 
it's not a, it's not, oh, if the work's not there, you don't get paid. If you don't hustle, it's not, no, the salary is going to be there. We've got to make up for it. But the numbers have always grown. Like we've always like had a pop in sales. We've always had a like workflows quicker. We can start pulling in more cars. We can sell like the biggest thing with the last tech I hired, my ARO, because we were able to slow down our process. The 300% rule got a little bit more. 300 percent ish. <laughs> it wasn't 225 percent. It was very much 300 percent. My ARO grew by quite a bit, uh, quite a bit. And so we're killing it this year. Our ARO is creeping towards a thousand. I'd like to get it to Lucas numbers one day next year. But, you know, it's always worked itself out. I can justify the cost. Like, yeah, you can see the minute I hired that person pop in sales. Yeah. And I don't know. And in my mind, where you're like, oh, they all pay, you know, they don't cost me anything, right? They pay for themselves. I, that's always been true for a technician. I find it harder to justify for back staff. Well, what, I mean, what, what would it, what would you figure you have to pay somebody for that role? I don't know. Probably three grand a month, four grand a month. No, yeah, probably, probably six. Six? Yeah. 72 grand a year. So, six loaded. Six loaded, so it'd be like 55, 50, 55,000 a year. For me to get a quality person, if I, if I pay him anything less, I'm going to end up getting a, a commercial manager person that's going to quit on me and then come back and then grovel at my feet to stay. Does he listen to this? Mm-hmm. Oh, geez, man, I'm sorry. I feel bad. So just do the math. Backwards. Don't quit on him next time you dirtbag. <laughs> Again, you see what I put up with. Yeah. I'm defending you here. <laughs> no justification for it. So, at five grand a year or five grand a month, just work that backwards. And yeah, it, it works out to a very small number. Yeah. Does it? $5,000? It works out to a very small number. I yeah, think about 10%, though. You're t- that's 10%, dude. I mean, that's not. For at the end of the year, like you probably got five grand of cores and none returned parts. <laughs> <around the> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's I true. feel personally attacked here. This is ridiculous. <laughs> you brought it up. First month's free. <laughs> That's it. First month's free. Find all this core. I need to pay your salary. Find me six thousand dollars in returns, dear. Listen, he'd find he'd find like empty bank deposit bags and like hundred dollar bills oh, stuffed no, that, under stuff, and that 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 makes its way back into the bank. Trust me, we're running down to the bank for that. But you know, yeah. I, when I when I first hired one, he's like. What is all this? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> See what will go back. <laughs> all right, sir. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.